Hello and welcome to another edition of the Capiche Filmcast. Stephen Barry here, joined with my fellow film fans, I suppose. This isn't really a project episode, it's a short one. We've got the returning Gordon Webster. Oh, good evening, Mr. Barry. Francis Murphy. With the customary yo-yo-yo. And, it's been a long time, about two years, Scott Armour is back. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh interesting this is the first time you've met gordon so uh yeah it's strange well uh let's start with you scott what's what's been happening in the world of scott uh from a film point of view or from anything else i know you've been playing a lot of games and things well playing a lot of games uh um when i can um but having to deal with the fact that i was successful in procreating Mm. Uh, that's that's taken up a lot of my time. That hasn't really come up, actually. That's probably quite new since the last time we spoke. I don't think you were a dad. No, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. So, um, unfortunately, gone are the days where I can buy a new game and play it religiously for about four days straight, um, or watch any, you know, binge uh, TV series uh, in like a, a weekend or stuff like that. But um, no, actually, of late, um, in terms of films. Um, in terms of a in terms of a throwback, Demolition Man was watched. Right. Yep. What was that? Early nineties, wasn't it? That was early nineties. Yeah. Actually, there's so much. There's it's a, it's quite interesting because I totally forgot that in that film they've got a, a no. It's not a two meter distance policy, but there's a no touching policy. Really? And I, th- <laughs> I uh, and I kind of thought, oh well, that's quite interesting. Maybe maybe they knew what was going to happen in the year twenty twenty. Exactly. But um, I suppose the most newest film or most recent film that I've watched is the new Will Farrell film, Eurovision oh, Song Contest. Mixed reviews, I've heard. Um, there's people that really like it and then there's people that really don't. I know critically, I've only read one review, didn't get a great review, but where, where, where do you land with it? Well, let's face it, guys. Will Farrell's doing a film about the Eurovision Song Contest. He's not exactly going to be going for, you know... He's not going to be trying to wipe the floor at Oscar season here. Let's face it. So yeah. it got it got me laughing a cut. In fact, I think the funniest thing in the whole film is at the start when you hear Pierce Brosnan's Icelandic accent. Mm. That's enough just to watch the start of the film. Okay, all right then. Other other than that, it's just typical Will Farrell cheesy. Um, yeah, it's probably more of a homage to Eurovision. Uh, than it is then a lot of Easter eggs in terms of Eurovision fans, um, previous and previous winners. There is a really yes. funny scene in it where there's a bit of controversy in the fact that because it was shot in Edinburgh and the Hydro, the Glasgow Hydro, it's trying to give you the impression that the film is all centred and it's all based in Edinburgh. So basically, seen in the film, they're trying to get to um, where the Eurovision Song Contest has been held, which is the Glasgow Hydro. So they're driving about, if you can imagine, you know the cobbled streets just down from the, the castle, Edinburgh Castle? Then uh-huh. they, they, yeah. basically, they basically turn down a street, and at the end of that street, there's this big, massive, glowing Glasgow Hydro. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously most most people would probably think, it's a bit strange for that to be at the end of a cobbled road, but people yeah. from Scotland is kind of like, that's just utterly ridiculous. That's <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, um, quite... okay. Uh, <sighs> First of all, my question is, why is the Eurovision Song Contest held, first of all, in Scotland? And because that would suggest that Scotland won the Eurovision Song Contest the previous year. 
there's a wee bit of inconsistencies with it because they do make fun of the fact that Dan Stevens's character makes fun of the fact that um, nobody votes for the UK anyway. But the fact that it's in Scotland, surely the UK would have had to have won it the previous year. Does the film make light of that? Is it aware of the silliness there? I take it. Maybe it's intentional. Because it, it... I got the from what I've heard, it doesn't. So the thing is, I mean, I I get what Scott's saying. No, like it's not like it's not Citizen Kane. You know, it's not going to. It's, no, not, no, it's, it's, not, it's not like any Will Ferrell films have a massively coherent plot anyway. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Anchorman is one of the best plotted, <laughs> serious films I've ever seen. <laughs> I'll have nothing. To- <laughs> don't know what you're saying it's just a bit of fun isn't it it's really? fun uh, absolutely yeah. fun that's all it is and you know what it's one of those films where if you've got a hard week and you just want to put a film on and watch utter nonsense and maybe get a few giggles that's it that's why I, that's why I get I don't know a wee bit disappointed at some critical reviews because you're kind of thinking guys you know they're not trying to they're not trying to reinvent the wheel with this film. They're just trying yeah. to. Oh, I, d- I don't think critics are. I don't know. The, the critics I've heard said that they just didn't find it funny. Like that's the the bottom line, though, for them. Like, obviously, it's... don't get me wrong. It's it's ridiculously over the top. I mean, you know, we're talking uh, Icelandic dwarfs and stuff like that. It's in this. Right. Okay. But it's just it's fun. You kind of need that though. That's that. That seems like sort of the thing you would expect from a film about the Eurovision Song. I find that I find a film about the Eurovision Song Contest a strange thing because the Eurovision Song Contest is so bizarre that to try and parody it almost doesn't quite work. Like it's 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 almost yeah. untouchable because it's such a weird phenomenon. Yeah, I mean the, yeah, the Eurovision yeah. Song Contest itself is. I mean, I, I used to love it when Terry Wogan was the commentator for it. Oh yeah, he was excellent. He used to make so many sarcastic comments throughout, you know, every every year. Uh-huh. When he when he went, it wasn't as good. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes there's something that's so weird and so kind, so funny on its own that that you can make it worse by making a movie about it. But again, you know. It's just typical. It's it's a typical kind of thing that uh, they must just have a like a room while Pharaoh and his pals or his folk he works with, and they just pick something strange. Aye. You know what I mean? Just build a story out of it. Oh, we'll do one about cops. We'll do one about Sherlock Holmes. We'll do one about you know what I mean? Just well, yeah. the story. The story is that um, Will Ferrell's wife is Swedish, and um, obviously she got him into the whole ABBA thing and the whole Eurovision thing. Um, so apparently that's where it all came from. But oh, listen, it's a bit of fun. Um, cool. Uh, anything else on the the Scott Armour radar that you've watched recently, or is it just that? See, I'd probably say the most recent thing I've watched on TV, and I was a wee bit behind with it, was Inside Central Station on Wait. BBC. Okay. Well, hang on a minute. Is this, the one, been Gordon, here is this the one before. that Gordon was on? Gordon was on that. <laughs> was, you yeah. On it? yeah. <laughs> I, the, I was going to say, Scott, yeah. What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was in the first episode. Yeah, because I wrote a book about the rules in Glasgow amongst a couple other titles. Yeah, and they they um enlisted my historical expertise for a couple of things. Yeah, ah, um, yeah. it was quite a brief appearance. I, yeah, I was ta- part of it. I was talking over some um video footage. Yeah. Ah, right, okay. It wasn't thought... the iPlayer for a while. It doesn't seem to be there now though. This, is, this is so cool because we're Scott, Scott. You've actually brought up something you've watched that one of the cast members is actually <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But, I mean, we are we are getting big though, and we're we're one 
we're, um, obviously this rotating lineup where we're just a, like one big happy family <laughs> now. We're like one of these bands that just gets we're like starts this... off small and uh, gets oh starts doing all these fancy things. But yeah, well, I, yeah, I'd I was, say it's a bit more like swingers. Actually, we're like <laughs> you know <laughs> share open marriage, Key, keys in a bowl, whatever. Um, no, the webcam's not for that, but the listeners can't see the webcam, thank <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, Gordon, I thought you were one of the, to be fair, I thought you were one of the uh, drunken folk on a Friday night at the show. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were say, like, I thought you were that guy that was cleaning up the sickness from the clone uh, course uh, or something like that. Um, nah. <laughs> but you know, do you know what, it, it's a kind of silly thing, but I can't, I, I'm, I, I actually went the next day into work and I actually said, guys, you need to watch this, this uh, series on BBC like, what's that about? I was like, well, it's about Central Station. And they're like, oh, come on, Scott, what are you talking about? An episode about, an episode about Glasgow Central. I'm like, oh, I'm being serious. It's amazing. Uh, it's very interesting. I was actually, it, it, there's a lot of things I didn't know about, and I just you just take for granted as a Scottish person, as a Glaswegian. Do you know what, what we're up against when it comes to um, current things in TV? I saw an advert earlier in between. I think watching music videos and it's maybe an MTV, it's like some reality TV program, a bunch of guys go on holiday and their girlfriends what uh, get to kind of watch what they're up to. That's what you're up against with TV these days and people are unhappy about a, a, a interesting documentary about um, you know, an iconic place in Scotland. And you know what, like, as a commuter, we've, we've all been there and you see a, a delayed or cancelled train and you go, oh come on man. And you, that your natural um, reaction is to just give so much resentment to the poor guy wearing his high vis jacket at the gates. You know what I mean? They're the, they're the poor people that have to take that brunt. But actually, see when you see it, and you're kind of like, see the work that goes behind actually getting people moving, getting people on trains and stuff like that. It's it's amazing. I loved yeah. it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Yep. Yeah, well, there you go. You've actually now you're speaking to a celebrity from the show, so there you go. (laughs) 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 Fantastic. I like that. Um, Okay, is there anything else? I know you'd probably want to speak all day about the games you've been playing because you're you're in the middle of writing a review, aren't you? Oh, I I genuinely could talk like. You get a minute? Passionately and religiously about The Last of Us 2. Yeah, I mean, like, but I'll try. I'll, I'll try not to to go into too much because I'm trying my best to write a review. I'm uh, a wee bit rusty. It's going to be my first, uh, but I'll hopefully get that. And but um, no, I think with the Last of Us two, it's one of these things. I'll not say a lot about it, but um, basically, don't listen to the tribe that's getting uh, plastered across the internet and play the game for yourself. That's yep, probably that's, the best advice that we give. Yep, that's kind of what I've gathered from speaking to you and reading things online and listening to podcasts. Okay, uh, we'll hopefully if you're back on next week or whatever, we'll hopefully maybe do, do maybe do something on the game or whatever. Have you talk about it in more depth? Cool. Uh, Gordon, let's turn to you then. What's what's been happening in the world of Mister G Webster? <laughs> Not much since uh, the last podcast. Really, just just working quite a bit. Um, do doing a bit of exercise. Um, oh, yeah, I think it must have been just before the last podcast I watched Bad Boys for Life, so that's my main film to talk about, download off the Sky Store. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed that, actually. It's the third, so it's essentially Bad Boys 3, you know, with starring Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, the two sort of buddy cops, 
Um, trying to remember their names. So Will, Will Smiths, um, Mike Lowry, um, and then the other guy. Oh, Marcus Burnett. And uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, Joe Pantoliano returns as our boss. The, I mean, what I enjoyed about it was the chemistry is still there between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. This was um, about 24 years, I think, after the first one. And the, the chemistry is still there. They obviously look a bit older. They were kind of going in the angle for part of it. It was um, it was Burnett's re- retirement coming up and it'd be, he, he was sitting about at home and couldn't figure out what to do with himself and yeah, it's just really funny. The the jokes are still there. Very kind of bright um, film. A lot of the these kind of action cop films, especially ones I've seen from the 80s, they'll show a real sort of mundaneness of a city, like Beverly Hills Cop and 40 Hours and stuff. They'll show quite a sort of dreary backdrop, but the Bad Boys films are all about um, like the glamour. I don't know if it's LA or whoever it is, but it's very sort of bright and a lot of people walking around in Hawaiian shirts and things like that. I thought the I thought the well the the villains were a bit weak though that was one of the disappointments and yeah. there was some shocking CGI at the end I thought it was oh, a really? bit of a daft climax although I really enjoyed the that's maybe a thing with the bad boys films the I noticed I found that the first one well I actually had a great lead villain but the and a very very dark kind of scary guy but the climax of the film the sort of uh, shootout then was a bit of a disappointment found I found sort of the same thing with bad boys for life but no it was pretty good it was it was fun to it was actually kind of darker than the i can't really remember bad boys 2 that much uh, i would that, say that's the darkest out of the three. i mean did michael bay do the first one yeah I think. yeah so have you seen the first one scott take it yeah i've seen all three of them buddy i've seen uh, uh-huh. i've seen bad boys for life a couple of weeks ago um, what do you think? Is it still as as good as well? Or I know the second one's meant to be not be quite as good as the first one. No, I think it's probably just. Um, I, I didn't mind it. If I'm honest, I was a wee bit uh, skeptical of the third one. Um, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence again, as Gordon said, they look they're starting to look aged, and you're kind of thinking, <laughs> um, like most things, it's not going to be as good as the first. You know, Bad Boys was a, a great villain, as Gordon said, it had a great villain. To be honest, when a franchise returns, I'm just hoping that it's not Die Hard 5. Like, that kind of bad. Because yeah. my, my hopes are never as high. I know, see, I found, um, I don't know, Scott, what you thought about the villains. It was kind of a dual, sort of a dual villain. Um, it was like, it was a, a sort of drug kingpin and, and his mum. Who was <laughs> his mum? But his mum was like the, she was, what um, was in the, charge of the whole Was it the Mexican? Or something. Was it the Mexican uh, or was it Cuban? I think so. Yeah, um, they were like kind of Southern American anyway. But yeah, they, I, yeah, it didn't really work for me that that uh, mother and son. It could have if they just. I, I don't know if it was the actors themselves. Just and I didn't like there was a it was it was uh, suddenly revealed later in the film that that Lowry Will Smith's character had a relationship with the the yeah. woman who's the big drug lord, and it, it just didn't really tie up for me. I thought that's just not the sort of thing he would do. Um, and I was enjoying his character so much in that film, and it, it was. I mean, what did you think of this? That I thought there was. It, I did have a kind of darker feel in the second half of the film. Did you um, find that? To be honest, but I, I think it was kind of one of those films where I, I, I kind of started to sort of switch off. It sort of lost my attention. Um, yeah, I, I found that at the end. I liked the first half. Obviously, you've got the... I don't know how spoilerific we're going to go here, but... Try, we'll try not, because I might actually want to watch them anyway. We, these aren't spoiler casts, so just talk around it. 
one of these incidents that gets almost like a rug pull. So, and then you know the story takes a, on a uh, that, that it's kind of more twists and turns than it probably would be from non like the bad boys, yeah, um, one and two. Um, but yeah, I'd probably give, agree with Gordon. I just don't think that the actual the actual twists had that impact they probably wanted. If that makes sense, and I kind of just thought, oh well, you know, part of me kind of knew how it was going to end before it ended. If that makes sense, and I was a wee bit disappointed that it actually played out how I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, I'd probably say it's okay. Again, as Gordon said, it's a solid made film. Um, good action, vibrant. Um, yeah, definitely worth a watch. But uh, I wouldn't say it excelled the the franchise. All right. Cool. Uh, uh, your, your main film, Gordon. Was there anything else? Yeah, though I sometimes watch bits of films when they when they come up in Sky Movies. Saw a bit of The Rock, which I've spoken about previously. Uh, apart from that, it's been most. It's been more music <clears throat> I've been listening to. Um, I discovered on Spotify. The great thing about Spotify is there's um, you with a lot of groups you get their um, the remastered deluxe editions of a lot of their albums. Like I was going through the Oasis albums and there was all these, um, there's B-sides I'd never heard before mm. and things like that. Um, you know, kind of other mixes of songs. It was just uh, some nice, um, some just something different to listen to, different takes in some of their songs, which was quite cool. Steve, that, yeah. Steve yeah. Do, do you remember we actually made a, a Spotify playlist of all the Oasis B-sides? And I think oh, it was kind of, when actually, we worked together. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with Gordon. Actually, I could probably, I would probably prefer to listen to their B sides now than some of their actual main um, song or singles or actually album releases. Yeah, well, they always did. They always did like put weirdly amazing songs as their B sides to like a single. Um, just for these like as if they were throwaway songs, but then you hear them on like the master plan, and you're like, wow, that you threw that away as a B side. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of uh, no Gallagher plagiarising going on in those B-sides. Oh, that, I think that was half the reason, wasn't it? Because there was like a, a more an obvious riff that was taken. It was like, I probably couldn't get away with that as a single, but you know what, maybe it'll be less noticed if it's, <laughs> it's just a wee B-side. I don't know. I think it's a B-side to Don't Look Back in Anger, and it's called Step Out, and it is an yeah. absolute rip-off of a Stevie Wonder yeah. song. Oh, uh, yeah. You can literally sing the Stevie Wonder song. <laughs> I remember <laughs> when I was... I so when that came out, uh, I don't know what age I must have been, maybe about eight or nine. I I got the original cassette to, um, it was a single Don't Look Back in Anger. I I got in cassette, and after that was a really good song step out. And but that's a good example. So there's some great, um, I maybe ripping off like so many of them are, but I, I like to see a band I'm really into. I just sometimes it's like you've exhausted all the material and you just want to. You hear other songs that you might somehow not have heard or, or different yeah. versions of songs acoustic versions and there's so much in Spotify so it's, it's great for stuff like that mm-hmm. yep definitely uh, we'll need to try and find that playlist Scott I don't know if we're fifth. I don't think I, I saved it anymore but I don't. I think I, I think I get shot at Spotify uh, and now using really? uh, iTunes but it will all be on the same be the same thing just as well that's one of the platforms that our podcast is on so it's okay to plug these because we're on that anyway <laughs> we uh, should have yeah use this moment <laughs> to plug the podcast we're on uh, Apple Podcasts Spotify SoundCloud um, yeah other platform services that I can't think of at the moment alright then good stuff uh, 
Fran, what's what's been happening in your world recently? Well, I've been so busy with getting ready to go and embark on the new job, getting ready for that, that I've not had so much time to uh, to watch as many things as I did when I was basically on lockdown with no job. Yeah, so, so basically with the preparation I've had to be doing, I haven't had as much time to watch things, but what I did want to do was because I'd been exploring... I'd been exploring the journey of serialized television programs because uh, Breaking Bad is my basically my favorite program of all time, my favorite series of all time, and Better Call Saul as well. Obviously, I see them as kind of the same show, effectively. Um, and what I had done was I, I sort of was looking at shows that came out after and around the same time. I was looking at, obviously, Game of Thrones. I was looking at The Walking Dead, things that came out and, and ran after it. I was looking at Dexter. And then I was starting to look back at things like Sopranos. And I was following it back. And I've always been, obviously, a huge Star Trek fan over the years. And um, there's a lot of different Star Trek TV shows. There's, there's you know, loads of them now. And most of them were kind of episode of the week because that's the way TV was in the early 90s. And, and you know, it was like that bef- before TV became serialized the way it is now when it's on kind of streaming services and premium services and things like that. But one of the Star Trek series that came out in the 90s was actually a very early example of serialized TV. And it wasn't well received at the time. It was called Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I'll, I'll watch some of this again. Now, um, uh, it was a guy called, um, I think it's Ira Bear, his name was. It still is because he's still alive. But basically, um, I'll need to double check that. But um, basically, he wasn't too popular with the, the kind of general showrunners of Star Trek on TV because they wanted to produce a program that they could they could syndicate and that they could sell to lots of different networks and they could just pick out episodes and put them on whenever they wanted. So serialized TV wasn't working for that, but they pushed and pushed and pushed and they managed to get it. So the seven seasons of this that now people are binge watching on Netflix and seeing it finally the way that it should have been watched. And it's seven seasons of a journey of an ensemble cast, just like all the more modern shows um, that we enjoy. And funnily enough, I used to get Deep Space Nine on video. I bought it. I've, I've got it on videotape. I bought it when it came out years ago and it was my favorite and I never really realized when I was younger why but it was that it was the fact that you you know I was looking forward to getting the next tape because it was it was always a cliffhanger you were always waiting for the next part of the story mm-hmm. you know it wasn't just standalone episodes you know it was it was sort of it really pushed the boat out as a series as well in terms of visual effects they had ILM on board uh, for a TV program at the time so ILM did a lot of the visual effects um along with a couple of other uh, effects houses for um, a war storyline that ran for three, three and a half seasons, the last three and a half seasons of the, the series. And it was, it was astonishing stuff. It was incredibly good. And from watching it recently, again, I've just realized just how ahead of its time this was, because it started in 1993, you know, mm-hmm. and to have a program that came out in 1993 starting like that, you know, very much in the style of shows that we've seen, more recently it's it's kind of uncanny actually yeah i I, suppose I was i was trying to think where the sort of overly long story arc master plan type show and when did it start and so your your thesis is that it's star trek deep space nine well it's kind of that and i don't know if you guys remember a program called babylon 5 
Yeah. I, I've been told it's good and it's maybe something I would have liked, but I have never watched it. And in fact, I may be getting mixed up with Stargate. Uh, get mixed up with all these kind of shows. Stargate used to be on all the time. Was that what was it? Like? No, no, wait, no, no. I'm actually getting mixed up with Battlestar Galactica. See, they're all the same. These sci-fi shows, you know. <laughs> well, Battlestar Galactica's reboot was done in a more modern, serial, serial, serialized way, and that came out around about 2006, 2007 sort of time. Um, Babylon Five and Deep Space Nine both came out around about the same time, 92, 93. Uh, and those, those were both. They were both set on space stations, and they both had ensemble casts, and they both had serialized long form storytelling. Uh, Deep Space Nine actually had probably one of the, I would say it's got to be one of the top five best television uh, episodes ever about uh, race relations and and issues for African Americans in the United States wow. ever. Because the the lead actor on Deep Space Nine is an African American guy called Avery Brooks, so that, I mean that was that was amazing for 1993 that they had a, a a black guy on the screen as the captain of this of the series, the leading man, you know. Um, yeah, you know. So what was the? I was going to say, Fran. Um, what was what was his name? He was one of the main actors, I think, in the sort of 90s era TV series, which not known a lot about Star Trek. I can't remember what it was called with. Um, kind of, um, the, the, there was a black guy who had. Um, it was it was meant to hard, hard to describe that strange sort of face. Is like a half, not fully what? human, but what what was his name? What <laughs> the hell are you on about? By the you way, know? are you talking about the man or the character? <laughs> no, the, no, the character. I don't know because at first I was wondering what the actor and what's the name of the the character. Do you know it's hard to explain that? Just... Are you describing a Klingon? Yeah, I think so. See, I just, I just, I know nothing about Star Trek. Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Um, no, it's not. I know it's not Data. I know it's not Captain Picard. I know it's. Um, you kind of thinking about Worf. Yeah, Worf. I think so. Different, that different sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Worf, Worf actually ended up in Deep Space Nine as well. That was interesting. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean the, I, I, I just, I, I guess it was. It's just it's nice when you find something that's so ahead of its time. Now and again, you know, you find something that that has episodes that deal with things that it's 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 like people it's like teenagers these days, right? Sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds. The way we would have been when we were younger, they don't think that anyone ever talked about these things before. They don't know, like they in their mind, this is all new and it's all the first time. But like you know, I'd I'd love to to find an opportunity to to kind of reach into older media. And and show some of these things, you know, and uh, some of the some of these fantastic episodes that maybe p- people nowadays aren't so aware of. Because the other problem we have these days is that, unlike when we were growing up, it's not just that that folk these days are spoiled for choice. It's almost impossible to watch. There's so much stuff to choose from. Yeah, I mean, would we? Uh, in fact, Steve, me and you were talking about this recently. Do you remember we were talking about music and how, like, in high school, when an album would come out, everybody would be listening to it. And you could all yeah. talk about it. Whereas nowadays, where's the commonality? It's not so much, you know, it's not like everyone's waiting for something to come out the same way, you know? And nobody's watching all the same stuff at the same time the way we did. Yeah, I think, I think it's when you're not in school, though. I mean, I wonder if that's just... Uh, well, that, I mean, I've been in high schools this past wee while. I can say, all... you know, that the kids don't 
Well, I, I thought we were trying to hide your profession. If if you don't want the profession known, that's going to come off really creepy. I know. Um, I, you could have I, just been in a high school. Yeah, yeah. I, I just visit the high schools. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, I, I, moving on. <laughs> to, to, to move on to the point, I get you're going to say is that, that I'm assuming that that still isn't a thing that... I mean, I, I think the things like YouTube videos and certain YouTube celebrities are the new thing that people are all watching. It's a different type of media, maybe, but that's probably the one thing that is still... Where everyone's like, oh, did you see that new video by that streamer? Oh my god, it was amazing, he did that thing. But like, it's the music and stuff like that's different. I was just going to say, I think the idea of a, an album, an album release, you listen to it, I'm very much the same. I'll use probably be the exact same. New album comes out, I want to just listen to it start to finish. But actually, I think nowadays it's all about a single. It's all about the most popular song. And people probably won't really take the time to listen to a full album. I, I probably marked sort of look on modern day music whatever it's all about quick hits it's all about you know mm-hmm. singles uh, and that possibly. kind of thing but at the same time i don't even listen to music that much i now listen to podcasts constantly they have replaced the music for me i listen to music in very small doses i.e if i'm going for a run i need something energetic and or the random times i'm in a mood or if i'm about to well back in the day when you go a night out i would listen to something to get me in the mood but now it's podcasts all the time well, I, I agree with, I, I get where Scott's coming from I mean my music habits like when Spotify came along my music habits changed from listening to albums the full way through to building playlists mm-hmm. yeah of of, of of songs I probably I to say and you go Scott I was just going to say that I, I probably do that with the sort of bands or solo artists that I've that's kind of stayed with me you know, for example, um, I don't know, Kasabian bring out a new album. Mm-hmm. I want to listen to that start to finish because I loved Kasabian when they first came out and I've loved them ever since. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Queens uh, of Stone Age and things like that as uh, well, yeah. So yeah. If, if that album comes out, it's kind of like, right, okay, I'll make a point. Liam Gallagher brings out a new album. I'm going to make a point to listen to that start to finish. Uh-huh. Whereas if it's bands that I've kind of liked, but I know their album's coming out, I, I'm maybe not. As Fran said, I'll maybe take a couple of songs out that I like and then that's it. That'll be on a playlist. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah there's there's a magic, I think, as well. This goes for music and film and various other things. There's a magic that's been lost. I know this is a cliche, but, you know, the 90s era that we'll all be used to from when we really started to discover all the bands we loved and all the films we loved, there was a magic of the fact that you didn't really know about it until it came out. Apart from you might see posters in the street like for a, an album and then you had to actually go to the shop and buy the Aye. cassette it would have been and then buy the CD. And then with films, it was like you had to go down mm. to the video shop and actually get... And if you wanted to know what happened in that film before it came out, there wasn't all this social media rumours and stuff. There would be a guy in the cinema with a, an old VHS video camera who would have to film it and some people were lucky enough to see you know, the pirate copy film and there's just there's a magic that's been lost. Even like I think trailers sometimes may they give away a bit too much now as well. And we have too much at our fingertips. Whereas back then, part of the fun was the discovery. It was to it was um, the the journey to actually find the information. <clears throat> you know, the same as games. I'll never. I'll oh yeah. Always, I'll always love you know going to GeForce getting a and getting a new game two days prior before it was actually meant to come out. You know what I mean? And then going home. 
I'll never forget going to Glasgow when I can't remember how old I was with the the first Final Fantasy VII uh, and getting the three discs and coming back, PlayStation 1, putting it on, loading it up, amazing. Um, Now I've just downloaded The Last of Us 2 off the PlayStation Network. So So this podcast is turning into the old duddies talking about the when things were better in the 90s. (laughs) Is that going to be the theme for these podcasts? Well, I mean, it's it's a very basic thing. It's a very basic idea, right? I mean, like, see when you have it all, Nothing tastes as good. Nothing feels yeah. as good, right? See when you're waiting and you're desperate for something. Yeah. See, see when I'm sitting in lockdown in my flat and I'm having a cigarette whenever I want. It's nothing compared to the time I've been working and waiting four hours and then I get to go out and break and have a, have a smoke. Tell you, what. you enjoy it's... it because it's not easy to get to it, or it's yeah. Yeah. right, Fran. Let's let's set up a, a, a way to do this then. From now on, cancel all your subscription services and probably your internet and all this kind of thing. <laughs> and I will send out one CD a week to you and uh, a wee film maybe to go with that. And that's your that's your your entertainment for that week. So then you can appreciate and anticipate the next one each time to try and relive that feeling. Is that okay? What was the it was it Love Film? I remember subscribing to Love Film and it was you would pick your three DVDs, uh, pick uh-huh. your three films. And they would send they would send you the three DVDs. Yeah, and Netflix did that. The, the the physical version stopped eventually, but that was start. I don't know if it started off that way or it was a concurrent service. But yeah, they did the sort of um, game. There was a game fly, I think it was called, and it was essentially equivalent to that. I don't know if that was just an American thing, but I remember a podcast back in the the late two thousands. They were talking about, oh, I've got my new game coming from from Gamefly. I'll need to complete that to then send it off and things like that. So yeah, it was, it was that nothing better. Yeah. Finishing work on a Friday, getting home, checking the post. Boom, new DVD you just ordered three days later came on a Friday night. I mean, what more can you ask for? Uh, there's nothing better than turning on Netflix and seeing the wealth of content that is at my disposal. <laughs> Steve, Steve, I feel like you're like you're quite sceptical of the nostalgia, I think. It's uh, not I just, about nostalgia, it's I, about it's but uh, I know you're yeah, you're right, friend, but it's about um that we do have too much information in our hands these days. <laughs> And there is definitely something that's been lost. You're laughing, Steve, but honestly, I know you feel it too because you've told me the same things. <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate, mate. You've got to have some contrarian in the group somewhere. You're just, uh, you're, just, you're just trying to appeal to all the... You're trying to look cool for all the kids, aren't you? That's what you're well, trying to I mean, I, Well, I mean, I can't, I can't help but feel, though, that it's like... When suddenly we've got, imagine in the nineties, and you were you you'd be dreaming up these things. You know, you could just have a a subscription service that has everything on it and all that kind of stuff. Well, if we well, dream that up ourselves, we'd be millionaires. Well, yeah, true, true, but yeah, yeah. Listen, I've got a question for you, right? Here's a question. Right, okay. What are the kids these days going to complain about in 15 years' time? Are they going to be like, these kids now in 2040, man, they're getting things beamed into their brain, man. They've got holodecks. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to... What's it going to be like? What is the future going to be like? Yeah. If you think about the way that it's changed, 15, 20 years from now, right, you'll walk Maybe. into your house and it'll be a literal, like, 3D simulation inside it or something. I mean, it's going to be nuts. It'll be like... Uh, they'll, be, they'll be complaining that they'll, they'll probably be all be trained in about 40 years' time to be YouTube stars. So they'll be complaining about God member when not everyone was a YouTube star and you had to, like, subscribe to have certain, your your favourite YouTube star. But now it's like, we're all YouTube stars, you know? I think, humans, I think <laughs> humans in the future will have, like, a 
a built-in USC port somewhere on their body, like say for example under their nipple, and then you'll just lift your nipple up and you'll just plug in uh, like a USB uh, stick and download all your stuff. That's how I think. Uh, kind of like a, the Matrix. It's a sensitive area. I don't know if I like the idea of put, plugging a USB in there. It's <laughs> 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 good you've got reservations about that, Gordon. Uh, yeah. Nothing they can be hacked and stuff like that. You know, you want to make uh, sure. Yeah, yeah imagine, imagine getting a virus and it is a virus. You know what I mean? Like, a, a, it affects your body. Do you know what I mean? That would be nuts. Mm. Yeah. Not an antivirus would be absolutely rolling <laughs> in it at that point. <laughs> uh, I'd find that would be like a doctor's surgery, not an antivirus, <laughs> going around to get cured. Right. Uh, I'll quickly talk. Are you, are you, did you watch anything more, Fran, or do anything more that you want to discuss? Um, well, oh, um, I'm, I'm going to start watching Mad Men. Oh, that's actually funny. I'm, I'm planning on watching that at some point soon. Yeah. I'm going from bad boys to Mad Men. It's good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's the name of this podcast, Gordon. That's the that's what that, the title's going to be called. Uh, <laughs> yeah. my I don't know what to call these because I've still t- I was going to edit the the first one we did tonight. So, but I don't know what they're not really got, they've not got an official name. We're not a project, so it's just like general ch- chat cast. I don't know what. So maybe I'll just have to pick pick random things that come up, and that's the title of the podcast for each episode. So, future Oh, that might be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, all right. So Mad Men then, that's on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, w- I would like to watch that. I've heard it is good. Um, I've watched a couple of films. I'll start with the one I watched earlier in the week. That was an uh, early 90s film, as in January 1990. The One of the first films that came out in to, to mark the 90s. It was Internal Affairs. Has anyone seen it? No. Who's in no. Internal Affairs again? I don't think so. It's Richard Gere. And Andy Garcia. Oh yeah, I think I, I think I saw it appear in Sky Movie. I think I was gonna watch it one night and settled for something else. But I'm gonna I'm gonna see if that's still there. Yeah, I, I would recommend it. It's um I just love the early '90s dark kind of aesthetic. It's like a it's corruption in the police, of course, internal affairs. Andy Garcia uh, is pretty much, and it it does have a kind of timely. This a wee bit uh, to kind of uh, I suppose it's just an issue that keeps coming back around maybe, but it does feel like Richard Gere is, oh the character is absolutely horrendous. He's an absolute bastard. Um, but as a performance, I haven't seen many Richard Gere films. I have to own up. To. Oh, I've seen a bit of it. I remember it. Yeah, my brother was watching something. I've definitely seen a Abs- bit of it. He's he's absolutely brilliant. He's captivating. Um, if, yeah, if you're quite into those, like you're saying, Steve, sort of like films about corruption because what you're right there was a lot in the early 90s mid 90s and um there's a, a good one you might like is the firm with with gene hackman and tom cruise i don't know if any of oh, you guys have seen that uh, i think i've heard about that and gene hackman i usually he's in a cop thing i love it um because I, I do like gene hackman um so yeah I, I really was surprised i wasn't sure what to expect when i decided to watch it and yeah really enjoyed it um William Baldwin, one of the Baldwins, is in it as well. Um, he's he's in it as well. So that you see a lot of these kind of like nineties kind of character actors that yeah yeah again I haven't seen for a while. The other film I watched, one of my favourites, just last night, uh, Scarface. Oh yeah. Ah fuck! I 
absolutely love it i i, I was like yeah it, it's like i turned on netflix it was like 12 at night and i was like well i'll maybe watch something like an episode and it comes up with a big feature thing like telling you what's the main thing you want to watch scarface bright red layers i was like aye i could i could <laughs> i could revisit scarface um, you know what i was hooked absolutely hooked see scarface wow. scarface is kind of like it's in that category of films that's like, I always imagine it in the same category in my brain is like Fight Club, like something. It's like it's like a treat. It's like one of those films that's like it's such a in every way. It, it it's just it's I I don't know how to describe it. It's it's like packed. It's a packed movie, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's two hours and forty five minutes long. Like it's a proper nearly three hour film. Like it's amazing. It's an event. Um, uh, yeah, it's sort of as as a very kind of obvious film in nature. You know, Scarface, the guy with the scar on his face, is a very kind of Tony Montana's a very um, like over the top kind of gangster. It's, it's not like an, it's not in a subtle way like The Sopranos is. You know, remember- his flashy suits and all that, and the the so you look at the see just like the the guy that Robert Loggia pay, plays, who's his. Uh, boss and then the guy who's the even bigger boss they have these huge big lavish um mansions it's really it's very 1980s i guess as well oh yeah it's all about excess i love it um i didn't realize how much i was reading up on it uh it was pretty much um al pacino that sort of spearheaded the whole thing he'd watched the, the 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 1930s version that was obviously based on the prohibition era gangsters um and was like to who was the Brian Brian De Palma? He took it to Brian De Palma or a producer who then led it to Brian De Palma and said, "Look, I really want to do this. We should totally do this." Um, De Niro was even approached to star instead of Al Pacino, bizarrely. But then Al Pacino was like, "Kind of no, no, I, I, I can do this." Um, and the cast is fantastic. Michelle Pfeiffer in her debut kind of role, brilliant. Uh, yeah, I just love it. It's a film that. The first time I remember watching it, after having watched Goodfellas and things, these films glamorized the gangsters, right? But you were almost on side with them in some ways, weirdly. You knew there were villains, but then there was always other villains that seemed worse. Whereas Scarface is unrelentingly a villain film. You're watching the point of view of the mate of a real psychopathic villain. He has no redeeming qualities, other than maybe a slight respect for his own mum and sister. Like, he doesn't harm them as much as you'd expect, but... Even then, he's still a monster. And well, that's that's the the experiment they do, where it's um, the whole idea of it is that you become fond of the familiar, whatever the familiar may be. Mm. So as as long as you're around something for long enough and you see things from that perspective, then you become fond of and relate to that person, mm. even if even if they're evil. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Breaking Bad, as we men- obviously I mentioned it earlier on, is another good example of someone who does loathe some terrible things over and over again but you kind of root for them you're God, rooting for them yeah it's like told from their perspective and there's moments even in scarface where i suppose you're rooting for him when he's doing that the the drug sort of deal that goes horrible um, with the colombians uh, and they end up getting the chainsaw to his friend angel um, that, that was the bit i was talking about that happened in my dream it was influenced by that good god man <laughs> chainsaw attack Oh, yeah, what, what was that again? The <laughs> dreams. What was that? What happened? Uh, Gordon's dreams. Another episode but... of Gordon's dreams. Yeah, was that not in the crowd watching a football match and then everybody got chopped <laughs> up or something? 
No, not just one. It was just one guy was like in Scarface. It was like the football club suddenly morphed into so the football stadium morphed into a nightclub, and the the owner or the person behind the bar was was getting their head split open by a chainsaw. <laughs> Definitely. Hey Gordon, by the way, look at this. I found something that um, a toy of mine that I had when I was a child. I meant to show it to you because I'm back with my parents, obviously, at the moment. Check this out. Look, can you see that? Oh yeah. Yeah, Hornby Railways. Yeah, it's like a. I can inter- only kids. Oh no, that's the video, isn't it? That's the old, and um, that's like if you're an infant, the the wooden yeah. old train set. I I had inter- them. Yeah, intercity. Aye, intercity one two five. I see. Aye. Yeah, yeah. I think ours is still there. It's funny because I've told you guys before about how my house is just this treasure trove of stuff. <laughs> and um, so much has been kept from childhood days, and my mum and dad always kept the brio and all the like the, the matchbox cards. It's always oh, just in case so and so brings brings their their kids around, so they get something to do, you know. So there's all this stuff in the the attic. Yeah, yeah. I th- I don't know what the hell is still at my mum and dad's, but um, right, okay. I think we've uh, covered mostly what we're probably we're approaching fifty minutes for this, so. Uh, We'll need to end it there. This has been fun getting to hear what everyone's watching. Good to have you back on the podcast, Scott. I've got some balance to the the football side of it. We've got two Rangers fans and Fran for this benefit of this conversation. You're a Celtic fan. Yeah, I'm I'm basically like, I don't know anything about it or watch anything, but my entire family supports them. So I kind of (laughs) nominally do. I mean, with the name Francis Murphy, you were never really going to be a Rangers fan, were you? No, I don't think so. I, 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 think you know, you just be a, I think you should just do it for a laugh. Just go against it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're a yeah. Star Trek fan first and foremost, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's unquestionable. That's my favourite team, Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, okay, guys. Thanks again. Uh, we will be back next time. And, of course, the next Bond episode will be happening. Uh, well, hopefully, we'll be doing Casino Royale at the weekend. And that will be up at some point, invariably, maybe in the next few weeks. So, yeah, look forward to that. Bye-bye. Cool. Bye.